Welcome to the NDE 4.0 podcast, where we ask five questions for a NDE or NDT expert. This is the show for NDE professionals where we dig into the big questions about NDE inspections and digital transformation. Every episode, we ask a NDT expert five questions that can help you do your job better. Hello, everyone. We have a great session in store for you today. We are going to do something a little bit different. I have three NDE 4.0 enthusiasts on deck with me today, and we are going to have a more interactive conversation that will probably take a little bit longer than our standard podcast session. We often focus on the emerging technologies themselves when we're talking about NDE 4.0, which are, of course, the cornerstone of NDE 4.0. But when we think about practical implementation, ethics and related concerns can stop organizations from adopting useful technologies. So today, we're gonna to talk about these ethics concerns. I have three guests on our show today. First, I have Rippy Singh, who runs his own coaching practice called Inspiring Next. He chairs the NDE 4.0 committee within ASNT and is one of the leaders of the NDE 4.0 initiative. Welcome, Rippy. Thank you. Um, I also have Tracy Clifford with us today. Uh, she is the faculty lead and instructor of non-destructive testing and QA QC programs at Chattanooga State College. Um, thank you for being with us, Tracy. Thank you so much. And finally, we have Matt Lachewski, who is, who is the project manager and level three technician at Acuron. Welcome, Matt. Hello. So Rippy, Tracy, Matt, thank you for joining us today. And everybody else that's that's on the line, thanks for listening in. We will loosely follow our standard five-question format today. And I'd like to start off by asking each of you, in turn, to provide a more detailed introduction of yourself and particularly your interest in ethics. And an answer to this question, which is, what do you believe is the number one ethics-related issue in NDE 4.0 and why? Let's start with you, Rippy. Very good. Thank you, Nasreen. Thank you for hosting this and organizing it uh, in your standard style of five questions. A um, little bit more about me. I would say my first career was a professor of aerospace engineering. The second was in the corporate America. And now I'm in my third innings, so to say, as a freelance innovation coach. I got into industry 4.0 about five years ago and into the NDE 4.0 about three and a half years ago. And it always intrigues me whenever we talk about new technology where there is no precedence of what is right, what is wrong. There's no regulation in place yet because we don't know enough about it. And then there are financial pressures that business executives are driven towards, which drive them to making decisions based on well, it's not illegal, so it is okay to do. And I come at it from saying, not necessary. Just because there is no law on this or there's no regulation on this, that does not still make it okay to do. So we need to take a pause and look at, is it really okay to do what we are trying to do for which there is no history, there's no story, there's no lesson to learn from, and there's no one watching us to do. How do we control our own emotion, our own grief from taking over and unnecessarily taking advantage of people. So that's where my interest on ethics comes around with industry code auto. Thank you. 
Thank you, Rippy. Um, I think that's very, very insightful. And, you know, certainly for folks that are just sort of coming on board with NDE 4.0, again, I think people tend to focus more on the technology aspect and really are focused on if, if I can, if I can make it happen, I can make it happen. But um, focusing on what is actually right is, is not always the first thing that comes to mind. So I think that's a great uh, place to focus attention when we're thinking about ethics. Um, and now Tracy, could you introduce yourself, your interest in ethics related to NDE 4.0 and your answer to that same question? Sure. Well, I like Rippy. I'm not on my third career, but I'm on my second career. And originally I worked in quality and quality engineering and regulatory affairs for about 30 years before coming to the academic life, which is different, uh, mm -hmm. but it also ties in a lot of my background that I've had before. And for me, it's really important since I am the purveyor that the students get a window into a possible future career, especially in NDE, it's looking at what type of ethics concerns can they maybe expect or be mm -hmm. prepared for when they go into a workplace. So it can be as a technician and maybe ask to compromise your integrity, or it could be throughout the business. And especially with Industry 4.0, they are all right there at the cusp of the new technology, and they are often the ones thrown into, oh, you know how to use the technology, we're going to have you go ahead and be the, the person who does most of the work with it. Mm -hmm. But my ethics-related issue is more high level, and, and I'll probably go back to this several times. It's with management and management buy-in. And it ties right into what Rippy is saying. You're always going to get, well, how is ethics a value? Mm -hmm. And then it goes back to, is this a cost of no quality or poor quality? And, you know, management's always going to say, what's this costing me? And so I think it's really important to understand to be proactive instead of reactive after you've had a failure and getting yeah. that management buy-in in the beginning is key to being proactive. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I like the concept of, of being becoming proactive versus being reactive, which is certainly where when we talk about NDE 4.0, where the industry is, is heading. Um, so that's a great... A, a great topic as well. And I'm sure we'll get back to that a couple of times. And Matt, let's Thank hear you. from you now. Hi. Uh, yeah. So I'm on, oh gosh, I don't know, second, third career. I've done quite a bit. I started as a chemist, worked in marketing, and now I'm, wow. now I'm a level three and a project manager uh, and uh, a master's candidate for in data science, in my, actually in my last term. So almost hold a master's in data science, I guess. So my interest in NDE 4.0 is born out of my data science master's. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I saw where our industry was headed and I pursued more knowledge on how this is going to, how, to, how it's gonna work. And ethics, ethics in every profession I've done has always kind of been an interest of mine. Uh, if we don't conduct ourselves in a proper way, I've always believed that we're as good as our word kind of thing. So uh, a strong ethical foundation in any profession is, is paramount to a good profession and a good professional life. Mm -hmm. and, and to answer your question, I would say trust 
uh, is probably one of the biggest foundations uh, uh, for NDE 4.0 ethics. Mm -hmm. as, as a practitioner of non-destructive evaluation, our clients expect us to give them the right answers, to adhere to the codes and standards that we're applying to the inspections we're doing. And there's, that speaks to the, the kind of two specific dimensions of trustworthiness and ethics, which is integrity and benevolence. So there's a lot of room within big data to do things that can end up not being benevolent and not meaning to do them that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that we need to, we need to build trust into any code of ethics as we, as we move forward into this space. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, we have this, this concept of, of trust. And I think with, with NDE 4.0, what we're all dancing around is the fact that there, it, it's really, there, there, there are emerging new ways of doing business for non-destructive testing. That's sort of opening the doors to having more information at our fingertips um, more capabilities at our fingertips and being able to trust that we're, uh, you know, following the right sort of moral guidelines versus just being driven by cost is going to be really important. Um, I'm going to start with, with the next question on our list, which kind of goes to what you were talking about, Matt. So I'm going to start with you here. If you were to design a code of ethics for NDE 4.0, what would it look like? So I sort of feel like it, a code of ethics in terms of, you know, we've all read them, the ASNT code of ethics or computer science code of ethics or statistical code of ethics. It's usually a list, right? It's usually like one, do this, two, don't do that, three, whatever. Um, and that's great. And I think that we need to have a framework that sort of has some guiding principles but more importantly, we need to build a system. It needs to be a practicing system that is applied at every iteration we do along the steps of building the NDE 4.0 program. And to that, I would probably put first and foremost, building checklists as part of the practice to making sure that there's good ethical practice. So what would that checklist look like? So I, I do have an example, and this is actually more for a data, data science project sort of checklist. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty simple, but you know, it'd be like, first, have you listed how this technology can be attacked or abused? Have you tested the training data to ensure it's fair and representative, which gets into algorithmic fairness? Mm -hmm. Have you studied and understood the possible sources of bias in your data? Uh, does the team reflect diversity of opinions, backgrounds, and kinds of thought? Uh, what kind of user co uh, consent do you need to collect and use the data? Do you have mechanisms for gathering consent from users? Have you explained clearly what users are consenting to? Uh, do you have a mechanism for, ready, uh, for redress if people are harmed by the results? Can we shut down the software in production if it's behaving badly? Have we tested for fairness with respect to different user groups? Have we tested for desperate error rates among different user groups? Do we test and monitor for model, model drift to ensure our software remains fair over time? 
And do we have a plan to protect and secure user data? So some of those are applicable to NDE 4.0, if not all of them, when it comes down to the designing of an AI system. Uh, you know, the user data generally is usually a company's data, not necessarily uh, consumer data, but I think yeah. the security of it is as still important mm -hmm. as if it was consumer data. Yeah, I think a lot of companies are really protective of their information. I think that's one of the concerns around NDE 4.0 is, is the exposure of information that they're, they could be very protective of. Um, but that sounds like a really good list. Um, yes, and I'll have to actually cite that is from Ethics and Data Science on O'Reilly Media okay. by Mike Manson, Hillary, and Patel. So I, I did borrow it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And what do you guys, uh, let me move on to, um, to Rippy to see, see how you, you know, how you would respond to this code of ethics um, concept of developing a code of ethics. And, you know, do you agree with Matt or would there be? Whatever Matt mentioned is correct. But I don't know yet if that is complete because we don't know all the intricacies of it. Uh, ASNT has a code of ethics. It has 13 precepts. Europeans have their own nine and British have their own whatever 12, 13. Each of the NDT societies has a code of ethics, which like Matt mentioned, has a list of things you will do and you will not do. So one thing that we ought to do is check whether that list is still valid in the fourth revolution. And my quick check said, yeah, most of them are still valid because they're all related to humans. The thing that is new is that we now have a machine in the mix that could be thinking and acting on its own, for which we do not have any precept in any of the code of ethics as of now. So I would submit that maybe we need to add two or three more precepts to that list of 12, 13 that already exist. Things around learning machines, right? Eventually, you cannot blame a machine it must be traceable to some human who trained or developed the machine. Right? Another thing could be whatever language uh, the community can come together. If I develop or train a machine, I feel responsible as if it is an extension of me. You know, I create something, I create an automated system and let it go. I can't say, oh, I didn't do it. The machine did it. No, if I trained it, I got to take the ownership. It is just, it was my hand. It just was not attached to my body when it was acting. Start to take some ownership of that. There could be things around precepts around data that you know I will not add to the misinformation or spread disinformation or make every effort to stop misinformation, disinformation from flowing from things like that. After adding those precepts, since the subject is so new and we are all learning, we probably need a guidance document, just like Matt said, which can have a bunch of checklists, which can also have a bunch of case studies. Tracy and I spoke about it, you know, like the trolley problem. Is there an equivalent trolley problem in NDT that we could define? Could we actually do some stories to bring the message home, right? That could be a supporting document so that people know how to interpret that code of, code of ethics. So that's how I would look at it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Tracy, how about you? Do you have some thoughts on this, this a potential code of ethics for ND 4.0 implementation? I do, and and Matt, I like that list. I think it, it yeah. covers quite a bit. And uh, but I agree with Rippy. You know, there's probably some things because we don't know what we don't know. Uh, 
I think about how do you apply this code and who is it applied to? How do you define the scope? And always in project management and in um, quality, we think of who are interested parties that don't know they're interested parties? Mm-hmm. Who should we be applying the code to that don't know they need to have the code applied to them? So that's the sort of thing that I think of on the, on the larger scale with developing a code of ethics. How do we make sure it is applied to purposely to capture all parties? And, and just a, a question for, for all three of you, just to follow up. Um, is, it, is there a requirement around meeting this code of ethics today? And, and maybe that's still... Is there a requirement to meet a code of ethics for NDE 4.0 or a code of ethics just for NDE? Like, I, I guess the code of ethics for NDE. Because I, yeah, there's definitely a requirement to meet a code of ethics for NDE. We, I mean, as a So manager, really this is an evolution, right? This is an evolution yeah. of an existing code of ethics versus something brand new that the industry needs to adopt. Right, I think, yeah, exactly. This is another iteration of something that started a long time ago and uh, we just need to move forward with new technology and, and be flexible in our, in our code. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a manager, I hope that my guys are out there doing things correctly every day. They're following the procedure that was written. They're applying it to the applicable code they're inspecting to. They're, they're not making shortcuts in their inspection technique. Right. Uh, I mean, all of those are ethical behaviors uh, that have can have long-reaching ramifications. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, uh, I've, I've spoken about this before with other people, but you know, there was a recent uh, pipeline project in Pennsylvania where the guy falsified like a thousand X-ray films. So not only did he potentially put the greater society in that area in danger of a pipeline failure, he also cost millions of dollars to the pipeline company and his own personal company and ruined his reputation and hurt the reputation of all NDE technicians. And what was the gain from his perspective in doing that in the first place? Was it- Not, I, not having to go out and do actual labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've and definitely heard this concern from other folks of inspectors being, um, being, what is the word? sort of not coerced, but being encouraged to, you know, produce more, more passes than failures, you know, where there are failures to produce passes, um, just so that the, the, the company doesn't need to deal with the consequences of a failure or, or reject on a, on a particular part or inspection. Right. And uh, to continue on for a second, um, it's built out of education. When we Mm -hmm. train these people to be technicians, I mean, if, and I can't speak to like a, a college setting that has NDE programs, because I actually went to, you know, not one of those schools because uh, it didn't exist uh, when I did it. <clears throat> but it, nothing around ethics was taught, taught to me about it other than, hey, mm-hmm. you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think if we take the time in the upfront to actually teach upcoming technicians how to work ethically and honorably, it, it would go a long way in, in perpetuating a good ethical framework. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So kind of along those lines, um, Tracy, let me, let me jump to our next question for you, um, or for all of us, but let's start with you. You know, and as we think about building out um, 
NDE 4.0 systems, do you think it's possible to build ethical behavior into NDE 4.0? How would we do it? And what are the challenges associated with it? Well, I definitely think it's achievable, but that goes all the way back down to the algorithms and the programming for most of that. And then like Rippy was saying, there's a person, there's a human that actually is attached to that. So there's kind of some caveats that go with that and there must be qualifiers. It kind of goes back into what Matt's talking about as far as um, you know, having the, the code and looking into each of those points on the checklist to making sure that the human aspect is checked just as critically as a validation of an operation of an algorithm and then testing. And I think it's really important that we also look at the life cycle of the equipment and see, you know, it's not just the equipment. And when I talk about life cycle, I'm thinking from all the way from an idea to design, to testing, validation, production, but then on the end, who's buying it? And what are their purchasing specifications or requirements? And are they saying that I want to purchase a piece of equipment that includes an ethics check or there's a mandated ethical design to it? And I don't think we're anywhere near that. So that goes mm -hmm. back to the answer is yes, but we're not there yet. But I think having these conversations is going to be helpful. Yeah. And then go, going back to what I said initially about having management buy-in, to be able to design these systems, to answer these ethical questions. Again, we need to have management right there agreeing that that is the right thing to do, the ethical thing to do, and not just looking at the cost function. Because it will catch up. There will be a failure. Just like you were talking about, Matt, you know, someone who didn't want to go out and do the ex actual x-rays. Even in programming these NDE 4.0 uh, systems, we have to try our best to build the ethics into the whole process, just like we build quality into the whole process. Mm -hmm. And that's a new concept. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the, you know, sort of the buyer being the one that demands it, right? If the buyers are out there demanding that the product is ethical before they before they actually make a purchase, then it's then it sort of ties into that cost concept that Rippy was mm -hmm. talking about. Um, if, if you can't sell the product without ethical behavior ingrained in it, then that's gonna that's that's a powerful way of sort of ensuring that it happens is is to make that something that buyers actually want. Uh, Rippy, what do you think about this topic? Well, can we build ethical behavior into an automated system? Mm -hmm. The simple answer is, I don't know, but I can speculate. I can speculate in the sense people are wrestling with this in context of a driverless car. When you are in a situation and you have to make a decision, what do you do? Do you protect the passenger who owns you as a car or do you protect the pedestrian whom you are about to hit. I'm sure people are wrestling with that. And people do ask the question, you know, where are you programming all these systems? And if the programming is done outside of US in some other country, are we building that country's values and ethics into the program? Some countries value senior citizens, some value kids more. So is the car being programmed to work differently? So there are issues over there. So you, the way I would speculate, 
I mm. don't know how to do it, but I would speculate the way you can build ethical behavior into an automated system is by having a diverse team of people work on developing the algorithms and a diverse set of individuals training that AI system to behave in an ethical manner. And just like I mentioned before, can we have case studies to go along with the code of ethics? Can we use something similar, case studies, to even train and test the ethical response of an automated system? And then you may have to do it periodically because as the system learns, it may drift, it may deviate from what it was originally programmed based on all of the usage and learning that the system got. So you have to again, check it. In some sense, another way to look at it is, if a fresh person comes out of college and we train that person through ASNT level one, two, three years of experience, and we build the ASNT or whatever NDT code of ethics into that individual, can something similar be done with an automated system? I would speculate it is possible. I just don't know how to do it yet. Mm -hmm. I hope someone out there actually takes it seriously and figures out a way to do it. Maybe Matt, with your, with your data science background, you'll figure out, you know, how do I combine all these checklists into actually a decision algorithm <laughs> which well, helps the system behave ethically. Yes. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. So I was gonna say, so I'll just carry it on into this question then. What it all boils down to is a system is only good as the designer who builds the system. Mm -hmm. So things that Rippy brought up, concepts of drift, uh, uh, cultural differences in ethics and morality, these are all key elements of, of building a, a good AI system. Uh, we're, I, I guess my point is it comes down to a human being. We can, we can build all these systems and we can code lots of amazing, wonderful things. And there's a lot of really good AI systems being built right now to deal with eddy current and X-ray. Ultrasound's a little bit behind the eight ball on this, I think. But anyway, uh, but it all comes down to we need people who not only, I think there will always be a human element involved in the final decision-making out of an NDE system. And so is it possible to build ethical behavior into an NDE 4.0? Absolutely. But it, it comes back to the person designing the system and writing the program or the group of people. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah. that's- I think it's fascinating the whole concept of the, you know, the cultural differences and the, you know, the def I think it's the whole definition of what is ethical and how there can be multiple answers to the to that question. If 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 we build a quote ethical system, it might be an ethical system to me, but it might not be an ethical system to Matt or to Rippy. You know, um, it's an interesting problem that it, it's a lot more complicated once you once you dig in and, and think about the details. So let's circle back around to you, Tracy, real quick. And you know, one of the themes that's come up. Uh, a couple of times so far is, is the whole concept of educating and you are an educator, you're in an educational system. Do you see that ethics is getting sort of these ethical questions, are they getting their sort of fair share of the floor 
in the educational system? Is that something that you teach or that any of your compadres um, teach to your students? It is, it is, I teach a lot of the introductory classes with codes and standards, especially. And we de definitely take a deep dive into ethics and integrity and how your work speaks for you as a person. But then we also talk about how the dynamics of how humans deal with each other can impact that also. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a great point that you made, Rippy, as far as culturally. It's like my students cannot depend on the fact that they're going to work in the Southeast or even in the U.S. A lot of them possibly will work in different countries and different cultures. What is acceptable? How do you find out what's acceptable? And, and maybe even back to what you're talking about, Matt, I, I try to say and I hope that when you get to an organization you're working for, they're not just going to train you on the procedure and the steps of the procedure and how to use the equipment if you don't have experience with it, but they're also going to talk about this is our culture. Here's what's important to us. This is what work ethic is for, what they do. But I always ask them to talk about what's an ethical dilemma you've been placed in. Mm -hmm. And the room gets silent when they start talking about where they had to refuse a product. They had to refuse something. They had to go back and, you know, and it's really hard to do that to a customer. And, but it's on but it's for the best, right? It's, it's all we're trying to be risk adverse before we have a failure. And they've I think that actually has more impact on my students. People from the walks of NDE telling their story, maybe not telling who the customer is, but sometimes you can guess. And helping that student understand that this is, you're a professional and this is a hard thing to do at times, but you've got to be willing to protect your integrity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think hearing stories of failure is sometimes such a great learning experience for people like that story you were talking about, um, Matt, about the individual that caused so much trouble because you just didn't want to complete the work and just the ripple effect. And that's your responsibility as an individual. And how do you, you know, how do you handle the effects of some, a decision like that, 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 um, that you know didn't work out for you in the end. Um, let's move on to the next question, which where I'm going to start with you, Rippy. What are the NDE 4.0 ethics concerns associated with data transparency, privacy, and security? Very good. So before I go there, uh, let me add one more statement to the previous topic in terms sure. of having ethical, being able to build ethical behavior into NDE 4.0. You know, one other aspect that we sometimes wrestle with is if you have an intelligent system and if you have something that's driven on machine learning and stuff, if for some reason you discover that the machine is now beginning to behave unethically, you should be able to shut it down or unlearn that system. So, you know, being able to identify and say, okay, let's extract certain amount of data out of it. You know, whatever you learned in the last six months, please forget. Can we do that? You know, Maybe there's a way to protect it. So we, we've got to also be able to keep the keep the train in the center of the lane as it keeps uh, running down. Okay, coming to your next question about about ethical concerns around data transparency and privacy and stuff like that. You know, I personally, to whatever little I know about NDT, I don't see a serious issue around data privacy and transparency and all that stuff. I think I think if you think about it. 
we've been we've been having credit cards for a long time we've been having financial transactions online shopping health records your car maintenance records everything is getting online we have as a as scientists engineers as technologists as business people we have figured out how to protect the data in the end it's not the data is the problem it's the people who have access to the data is a problem ethics is not a data issue ethics is a human abuse of the data issue so it, it boils back to the basic precepts that asnt code of ethics has that i will not abuse but there is something else related to data that bothers me and matt alluded to that and that's around data bias is around feedback loops is around misinformation disinformation creeping into the systems and causing a drift in the models that will eventually hurt the decision making from the system so i'm more concerned about how the data gets abused by humans and how the algorithms which are not perfect can deviate from their intended purpose and do things that we don't understand and that one combined with something else you see how in the last few years we have become so dependent upon our cell phones that i don't remember my wife's phone number and i'm so dependent upon gps that if i'm somewhere in the middle of the city i cannot find my way back home from that area if the gps is not working so there is another concern that comes up if ndt in the e becomes highly dependent upon the machines and for some reason either machine shuts down or misbehaves we will not have to deal with it and if it misbehaves and i i'm just overly reliant on the machine oh the machine is telling this and i keep going with it i will be following in a box driven by something else that i have put over trust in it which over a period of time because of the data misinformation has drifted away from its course that is what bothers me more than data transparency or privacy because i think we can handle the transparency interesting um matt what do you think about this concept of data transparency privacy data security and ethics associated with it uh you know i'm actually kind of in in rippy's corner on this i th- i think yeah. we we're good with security. We know uh, as NDE practitioners how to protect our clients' data. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we do a good job of teaching that, that you can't talk about a client to somebody else that's not involved in your company or to that client, right? And there's probably some, some things you shouldn't even discuss within that client if they're not directly impacted by your inspection. But Rippy's got a very good point in sort of overtrust in a system. There's already m- many examples within data science and AI of society believing in a system, trying to design it without bias, but the algorithm finding bias within itself. And a key one is the parole AI system that was is used still by many criminal justice systems to determine what parole, who to consider for parole based on their profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it overwhelmingly rejects black applicants over white applicants. They've scrubbed out race from the data set, but there's other factors that key into bias things, uh, you know, that can go to the demographics of the neighborhood they came from or, or other things that we don't see as a bias marker that become a bias marker within the algorithm. So yeah. I, I think the real fear is trusting a system without keeping it in check. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of along those lines to the, to one of the points that Rippy made, if we're so dependent on the system, how do we know that it's gone wrong? You know, right. if, if we can't tell that it's gone wrong and that might've been, the, that might, sounds like that's the case with the, they tried to take race out of the equation, but it didn't right. actually work because they were, they were still and, profiling people based on other factors um, than explicit race. So really interesting. Um, Tracy, what are your thoughts on this question about, you know, data and, and ethics around data? Kind of goes back to where Rippy was talking about from last question, you know, if it starts to have that drift or a variation, unlearn everything from some time point. But I think is how do you go in and find what was going on in that algorithm to allow that drift in the beginning? And then you have to go and say, if it's a specific programmer or group of programmers writing these algorithms, what other systems could they possibly be impacting that they've also written code for? And we have to learn to identify so that we, we, that we need to identify these situations, not, and again, back to, and not always being reactive, but how can we put this into training and learning how to code so we eliminate those in the future? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's this dream that we are going to sometime in the future have AI systems that replace, you know, our human, um, are human inspectors for, for certain, for certain tasks. And it almost seems like that might not be the smartest way to go. You might always want to have, you know, a check, a a trained individual that you can compare results with, right? You've got your AI system, but you also have your expert and you want to make sure that your, that your AI system is, is not, is, is, is finding the same results and, and, practicing the, the behaviors that you would expect of your expert inspectors. I'm sure that's uh, going to be a challenge down the road. Um, so really, really interesting. Let's finish with this, this final question to all three of you, which is, uh, and we'll start with you, Tracy. What is the first step that we can take as a community to remove or reduce any ethics barriers to adopting NDE 4.0 program? Well, I know I probably sound like a broken record, but again, it it goes back to management because management makes those high level decisions on where to budget, when to bring in more resources. And and not just management buy-in, but they need to be aware of like the data that Matt is going to be analyzing and bringing what impact does that have on their business? And again, to be future looking and make those good business decisions. So that to me always is is the first step. But I also think even back to what we've discussed, how do we integrate this into the education or training of NDE technicians to help them understand what they need to be on the lookout for? Because some things are discovered just through everyday work, especially if they're working in an NDE 4.0 organization, how will they know to pick up on something? So so two different things there, one at the very top and then one at the person down at the ground actually doing the work. That's that's Mm -hmm. my thoughts. 
Nice. Okay. And I, and I guess one of the things I should have, you know, maybe included in this question and and I'll do it for you, Matt, is um, how would you characterize what the barriers are? If there are ethics barriers, I mean, I'm sort of making an assumption that um, some companies are hesitant to adopt NDE 4.0 because of potential ethics concerns that may be valid or may not be valid. What do you think those concerns are? And then what could, what could we do as a community to remove or reduce those, those concerns? So uh, that actually ties in with my answer to the first question without the addition, which is it's all going to be an economic driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pocketbook is going to dictate how this, how this kind of goes, unless we as a community, as a society, put pressure to actually design systems ethically. Mm-hmm. If it's cheaper to, to design a system with maybe less ethics, they're going to design a system that works and might not be held to a higher standard that we would like to see as we're trying to build this program and decide what the ethics of this program should be. So to me, getting buy-in from management in particular to, to drive creating a better ethical system will then drive down to the bottom practitioner of the system who will then hopefully hold up the ethics that are put in place. Yeah, it's it, sort of this top-down structure that, that needs to happen within a company. Yeah, so um, to, to, much like uh, a good example that's, that's been used is the Toyota system. Anybody on the Toyota production line can stop the production line if they see an issue in quality. That's what needs to be put into our system of ethics. Mm-hmm. Everybody along the line of NDE 4.0 should be able to hit a stop button when they see something going wrong. Yeah, raise a flag that says there's, there's a problem here. And almost, they, they, they almost, it, it might almost be a requirement for them to step up, right? If, if they didn't step up and they saw something, you know, that should be something right. that they're, you know, not just encouraged, but, you know, um, assume that that is an action they should take. Um, Rippy, let's, let's um, finish up with you, your thoughts around, um, ethics as barriers to adopting NDE 4.0 programs and how we might get around those, those barriers or what we might put in place as a community to reduce um, barriers to adoption. So I think as a community, the first step we have already taken, I mean, the first major step is awareness and acceptance that there is an issue. We all need to work together. We all need to learn together and do something about it. Right? Nasreen, this podcast that you organize is a part of that awareness acceptance campaign. And I hope thousands of people watch it and and realize that managers need to think about it. System developers need to think about it. Programmers need to think about it. Business guys need to think about it. And also making aware the buyers, what Tracy brought about, right? Buyers should demand it, right? So step one is awareness and acceptance. This podcast ASNT committees, a committee on ethics. Tracy and I have written a chapter for the NDE4 handbook on ethics. The ICNDT special interest group on NDE4.0 has identified ethics as an area, has identified three individuals uh, from US, UK, and uh, what's the third country? I think um, Italy to actually lead a, a, a global team to address common ethical concerns 
to even look outside of NDE first to see what can be adapted to NDE. Matt shared with us a list of questions that could become a part of this. It's the best practices out there which are evolving. We don't have to invent everything from the scratch. We can actually adapt it. What's happening with the driverless cars that will tell us how to look at a few things, right? So all these things are happening. Look at the DOD's guidance on AI. It has given five principles. We could adopt those five principles. The first one is eventually a human should be responsible for it. Second, you should be able to trace it down to that human who's responsible. Third, that human who's responsible should also be trained to take the decisions or train the systems like that, right? Fourth, you should be able to shut down the system if it is misbehaving, and, you know, things like that. So there is guidance that's coming out from multiple organizations, from, from uh, Murakola Center for Applied Ethics at Santa Clara. So that's our second step. You know, let's adopt what people have learned and are sharing with us, and then see which pieces can be directly adopted to NDE 4.0. Another aspect that Tracy and I have uh, mentioned in our uh, handbook of NDE 4.0 is around having a digital transformation review board. If you don't know what to do, but you at least are aware that there's an ethics concern, just like you have quality review board, materials review board, design review board, you can have an ethics review board or a digital transformation review board, which is made up of people with diverse experiences, including people like Matt, who are you know, getting top notch with their understanding of data science to actually make sure that when you develop a system and you train a system, you are doing it the right way. So those are the initial steps that we have to go through to, to get to a point where we can, we can feel better about it. And then of course, learn as we So I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface of, of this topic. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've been wanting to do this podcast for some time and I'm really grateful to the three of you for, for joining us today and providing so much thoughtful commentary around ethics because I think it's extremely interesting and, and much broader than I, I would have thought, um, especially when I first started thinking about ethics associated with NDE 4.0. It wasn't even, you know, honestly, it hasn't even been a, a topic of, of, that I've been aware of until recently and having these conversations with you all. And it's, it's, it's fascinating um, how, how deep it goes. So I really appreciate your inputs today. Thank you, Rippy. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Matt. Um, thank you, listeners. Please take this, this whole ethics conversation very seriously and get yourself um, educated. As, as Rippy mentioned, we're sort of, we've got these, this podcast out there. There's a lot of um, great, uh, tools tools out there for people to spread information uh, about NDE 4.0 and ethics is a part of that conversation. So let's keep it going. So thanks everybody. And thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. For more expert views on NDT, subscribe to the Floodlight Software blog at floodlightsoft.com.